0: Welcome back to Munsei, a K-pop podcast. I'm your host, Zia J, and I'm here with more news, reviews, and interviews. Coming up this week, I've got updates on the Spotify Kakao M licensing issue, the latest comebacks including Rosé and Wavy's new tracks, and the rest of my delightful conversation with Lena of Potion Pins. Let's jump right into this week's news. Fans were relieved when Kakao Entertainment, formerly Kakao M, announced they had signed a new licensing agreement with Spotify, allowing hundreds of songs by Korean artists back onto the streaming platform. Kakao Entertainment, one of Korea's biggest music distributors, had pulled the songs last week after their agreement with Spotify ended. According to Variety, social media uproar from fans and artists was a key element in pushing negotiations for a new agreement. Over the last few days, the songs previously removed have been appearing once again on Spotify. An unsuccessful appeal has seen the producing director and chief producer of the Produce 101 series receiving confirmed prison sentences. The two were among several of the show's staff and agency representatives to receive prison sentences and fines for fraud and obstruction of business across all four seasons of the survival show. The initial sentencing was in May 2020, and this marks the second appeal to fail to reduce the sentences. It was confirmed this week that Eyes One, the girl group formed through survival program Produce 48, will be disbanding in April. This was planned from their debut in October 2018, and was confirmed this week by Mnet, as well as the group's labels Off the Record and Swing Entertainment. It's always really sad to see groups disband, and Eyes One has been such a reliable group since they debuted. I'm excited to see what the members will do after this. Now, on to the reviews for this week. Perhaps the most anticipated track of this week was Blackpink member Rose's solo debut with the song On the Ground. This song is really beautifully done, in my opinion. The verses are acoustic and vocal heavy and the choruses have these electronic breaks with Britpop synth sounds, and it all reflects the visual and lyrical story she's telling about the tension between the life of an idol and kind of the rest of reality. Rosé was one of the writers on this song, which is always delightful to see, and she worked with some of the biggest producers in the music industry, including John Bellion and Teddy Park. Wavy had their comeback this week with Kickback, this track fits exactly with what is coming out of SM right now, with casual smooth vocals used instead of heavy instrumental layering, and visually the retro 90s styling that's really popular at the moment. It may be those retro vibes that remind me of older SM songs, but it's also probably the production team. A number of the people who produce this song have been working with SM for a long time, including Ryan S. Jun, who is a really big producing name uh, in SM. Cravity also had a comeback this week with the song Bad Habits. This track has a heavy electronic sound, working more with rap rhythms rather than vocals, although there are some really nice instrumental breaks where those vocals do come through. When I first heard this, I was immediately reminded of NCT, which then made a lot of sense when I found out it was produced by a number of artists who've worked with SM, including Ryan S. John, who I mentioned before, worked on Wavy's new track. This is a really solid comeback for Cravity, especially since they only debuted last year, which was more recently than I thought. This week also saw the release of D.P.R. Ian's new track, Nerves. My notes for this song include the phrase hella guitar lines, which tells you a lot of what you need to know about it. Nerves is different from what I've come to expect from Christian. Rather than the chill, electronic sounds he's more known for, this track has a strong rock influence, and honestly reminds me of the kind of soft rock of the mid-2000s. If you do want more chill vibes, though, check out the new track from Punch, featuring Real B. Titled I'm Jealous, it's a classic punch track with gentle percussion and a simple instrumental line that leaves all the focus on Real B's beautiful vocals. Now, I'm very excited to bring you the second part of my interview with Pin Maker Lena, also known as Potion Pins. If you haven't heard the first part, go listen to last week's episode. We talked about what it's like being in the maker community and some of the struggles, including handling copyright issues. This week, we'll get more into some of the difficulties of running a small business, as well as the support a fan community can provide. I do want to give you a heads up that we do briefly talk about the K-pop bullying issue and mention a former member of Stray Kids. I know that might be content some people want to avoid, so feel free to skip over that if that's what's best for you. We also did record this a couple weeks ago, so there's been a few updates since then. Just keep that in mind. Mm, Let's see what's next. One of the things I wonder about a lot is so you have you make products you have a shop and all of this do people see that as a legitimate business do you think
1: um i think the people that follow me do mm-hmm. but when it comes to like coworkers, if i would say that i have a small business and they ask to see my shop and then they find out it's on etsy then they're like oh so you just post stuff on etsy i'm like okay um <laughs> a lot of people don't realize kind of what goes into it. I would definitely consider it a small business, um even if I'm just selling little pins on Etsy. I've never sort of come across anyone in the community or even K-pop fans in general, even if they're not in the pin community or don't buy pins themselves. I've never met anyone that would not consider it like a legitimate sort of business, but Mm-hmm. Like I said, with coworkers and family members, I think a lot of them don't really. I don't think that they would count what I do as like a business. <laughs> mm-hmm. They just see me making like art of K-pop boys and putting it on Etsy. <laughs> For sure, yeah. Which I am doing, yes, but it is still a business. <laughs> yeah, and
0: and there's so much that goes into it. I think.
1: Mm-hmm, for sure.
0: Like, I've definitely had something similar starting this show. There's so much work that goes into even just getting something started, where obviously a podcast is different to a shop, but there's so much to getting from, like, your design and your logo and things like what you want the, your vibe to be on social media. And then I guess for you it would be setting up, like, selling platforms like Etsy, and for me, it was finding like a podcast distributor and stuff. There's so much that goes on in the background that I think a lot of people don't see. And so when I like told my family or some of my friends that I'm starting this podcast, I'm viewing it with this like, I want to be very professional about it and I want it to be something that grows into a career for me. But for them it just kind of seems like recording myself and putting it on the internet because they don't see everything that goes in behind it. And I guess that's probably the same for a lot of shop owners and small businesses.
1: Exactly. And um even when I was telling some people about I I'm very excited about this. I've I've been telling all my friends and family about it. Um but to people that don't really understand it, they're just yeah. like, Oh, like just some little podcast. I'm like, no, it it it's a really like professionally well made setup thing. <laughs> But people definitely really don't see the work that goes into the things that we do and it really yeah, sucks. Exactly. <laughs> Sometimes it's a bit of a blow, but as long as we know how hard we work and we know that there are other people that appreciate our hard work, I think we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah,
0: and I think that's something I'm kind of seeing more and more a lot of consumers complaining about the cost of fan-made things. And I think that like not seeing what goes into into everything behind it, not seeing... The costs of using certain websites or we spend so much time just out of our days going like doing this work and that kind of what people expect things to cost or the time people expect you to have, it can be hard to not value our labor properly, I think, like being like, well, I'm Mm -hmm. actually working a certain amount of hours to make this happen And I deserve to be paid for that or I deserve to be recognized for that. And I guess if you have a shop that comes through in the cost of some of the things you produce and for me, it does not come through in... Well, it comes through in not having time for other people being like, actually, I have a work day. I'm not formally employed, but I have a work day and I need to be spending that working on
1: this show. Otherwise, it won't happen. Exactly, yeah. And I've I've seen that a lot on... TikTok specifically, people complaining about prices in the comments of the TikToks that small businesses make, especially with like handmade items. I've never experienced that myself. I don't, if somebody comments like, oh, I wish I could afford this, or uh, this is really cool, but I don't have the money for it right now. I don't see that as people complaining about the price. Um, I understand that not everybody has like disposable income that they can use for, you know, little enamel pins. Um, But it's really not cool when people are going around complaining about um, prices, especially if it's something that's like truly handmade. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Of course, I design my pins. That's a lot of work, but it's pretty much impossible to hand make an enamel pin unless um, you're wanting to get cancer or something. (laughs) It's a tough process that needs to be done in a factory with the correct equipment and safety measures and everything. And that's a something I've come across too with telling coworkers or like non K pop friends about. Um, they a- they always ask me if I hand make them and I'm like, No. Mm. That's impossible. You
0: just can't do that, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that kind of invalidates their idea of what my business is and they're just like, Oh, if you don't somebody else makes it for you, then yeah. it's not really that cool what you're doing. <laughs> But th- thankfully, I've never really seen people complain about costs for enamel pins, but I, I don't think mine are too expensive. I usually have mine around the like 8 to $12 range. But a lot of people don't realize that I, I take costs out of that, like with my backing cards and the um, bubble mailer and everything. Um, the cost comes out of the sale for that and then etsy takes a pretty big percentage of the sale i think it's usually like up to a dollar for you know like an eight dollar pin um and they also take money from you for the shipping label which i think is kind of ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) i'm i'm really wanting to move away from etsy because of that but it's i get a lot of exposure from it because it's a marketplace style thing yeah yeah for sure
0: and it's always if like there's a pin and I can't remember who it's made by or something like that and I just google it Etsy is always the first thing to come up
1: exactly yeah which is
0: fine but it is like I would if a person has their own shop or something like that I'd much rather go to that because I know yeah Etsy obviously does take a pretty big cut of things
1: exactly and I have I have to raise my prices sometimes because of what Etsy takes out of it And I think I could probably lower my prices a little bit if I went to another site, but I would also be losing money from doing that because I get a lot of traffic through Etsy. I can see in my statistics what people search up to get to my listings. Uh And the highest ones are always like 17 pin, change up pin, um, K-pop enamel pin, things like that. If it became a point where people were only searching up my shop name, then I would definitely move to like an actual website, but... I'm not quite there yet, so. (laughs) Yeah, for sure.
0: And that's, I imagine for a lot of shops, that's a really hard kind of line to balance of wanting to kind of be more in control of that, but needing just like the customer base for it.
1: Exactly, yeah. I I know a couple people that have both too, Mm. but I'm not, because with other websites, you have to pay like a monthly thing and I don't really have the disposable income from my... Etsy shop specifically to balance both of those things. So yeah, it kind of sucks. And
0: I imagine then it would be, there'd be a time cost as well in like maintaining both of those platforms.
1: Exactly, yeah, that's true. Setting everything up, especially with like a separate website. Yeah, for sure.
0: I guess that's a kind of more difficult or perhaps frustrating thing about being a pin maker or like a fan merch maker and designer what are your favorite things about it like what do you really enjoy about it
1: that's a good segue i feel like that was getting a little bit negative (laughs) (laughs) um i don't want anyone to think that i you know that all of this is frustrating to me or anything that but i do think it's important that people see the frustrating sides of it and that it's not all just you know selling art making money or whatever (laughs) my favorite things for sure are talking to people about 17 and you know people messaging me and being like, hey, I really like your pins. And then it kind of starts a conversation from there. I could talk about 17 for hours and hours and (laughs) hours. (laughs) Very relatable. (laughs) Yes, I really love that part of that. And when I went to Ode to You in Houston last year, I brought a bunch of my pins with me to kind of give out to people. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I was camping out. I camped out the night before. Nice. So in the kind of morning of probably around like 8 to 10 a.m i was going around the line of the people in front of us and you know laying my pins out and being like hey does anybody want to have one um just kind of giving it to them for free and they were really happy about it and i made a lot of friends with that and that's something that's really important to me i i love 17 i love carrots i love this fandom Sometimes I'm like, maybe me making this shop was just an excuse to get me some carrot friends. (laughs) (laughs) And even some people messaging me if we're just like talking about 17. They're always like, Oh, I'm sorry, if I'm bothering you. I'm like, No, please, please bother me. I have no friends. (laughs) Please talk to me. (laughs) That's definitely one of my favorite parts of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think especially when you you have like friends or family or colleagues who aren't into k-pop at all who don't get it who don't listen to it finding things like that is really like fun and like it's just such a good feeling when you do finally have someone to talk about it with I have made a lot of friends at the the kind of few concerts that I've been to here in Melbourne and yeah making friends with people on Instagram or things like that where it's like it's because of the it's because of the group and maybe it's because of people making art or making merch or whatever that you find them but it's ultimately because of this group that we kind of come together and and make friends with each other and that's really great
1: yeah exactly and i'm i'm so thankful for it and i i post about it a lot i'm like i'm i'm really thankful that i'm able to do this and that i i'm in a good enough position to be able to use some of my disposable income to make pins for people and i think pins are really special they're yeah. little pieces of art that somebody makes that you get to keep forever and i love seeing it like that mm-hmm. and it's it's ah. <laughs> it's so important to me and that's um why i collect so many of them of course it's come to a point where i'm like maybe i need to slow it down a little bit it's getting a little bit expensive <laughs> but <laughs> when I see it in the way that I'm supporting other people with buying their little permanent pieces of art that's really special to me and I hope more people kind of see it that way
0: yeah and I think especially like we kind of talked about at the start of like there's not a lot of merch that is necessarily accessible to us Um, My first and only foray into pin making was making a little Day6 pin for when they came to Australia, because there's often not that much merch at their concerts when they come here. But I was like, I want to have something that's not kind of super expensive to get for people to remember these concerts by. And then like, seeing people at the concert and being like, that's a little thing that I made for a thing that we both love. And it's, yeah, it's really cool.
1: Yeah. and. I, I have a lot of pins from that a lot of seventeen makers made for the OTU concerts that I brought to that concert, and that was a really good memory for me. And then even kind of the reverse way, like I saw some people at the concert that like had my pins, and I was like, like this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I had to go up to them and be like, I just wanted to tell you that that's my pin, and thank you so much. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was a little bit awkward, but that made me really happy. And even when I was laying my pins out on the ground for people to um, take if they wanted, I I met a lot of people that were like, oh, I've seen your pins on Instagram before. That's really cool. And I was like, wow, really? Oh my gosh. (laughs) It makes me so happy. For sure. uh... My ultimate goal is to get 17 to notice one of my pins that would be amazing (laughs) a pretty difficult goal but I got a little bit close with my little Vernon phone case pin Mm -hmm. I posted are you familiar with Toby Lou
0: yes yes Uh,
1: so I posted um I have one of his little merch dolls and I posted a photo of the pin kind of pinned into the merch doll and I tagged Toby Lou and he uh quote tweeted it and I was like, "Wow, that would be so cool if you showed this to Vernon." I really hope that he did, <laughs> but I think it's amazing in general yeah. that Toby Lou saw it because I saw him in concert too. I really love him, but I'm, I'm like, maybe, maybe I got there. Maybe I just don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's look, it would be so hard to tell, but that I think is a very fair dream, and I really hope that happens for you one day. If either you get to show them or you know that they've seen it. And seeing like the art that they inspired you to make,
1: yeah. And I I hope that they know too. I it's probably hard to imagine that they know. Um, or I guess I should phrase that differently. I I I don't think that they know about the community and everything. They're probably not, you know, looking for seventeen pins on Etsy or anything. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Maybe they are. But I
0: was going to say half of those searches are just like DK trying to support the members.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I hope that they know kind of the community that we have because of them. Like, we wouldn't have any of this mm. if it weren't for them. And, you know, they, they're they so supportive of carrots and our own art. Even you see those videos of people doing, like, the video call fan signs and showing the members their art and things like that. They're really happy about it, too. And ah, it just it's make, it makes my heart so warm. Yeah. <laughs> they're the best. Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And I think it's obviously, like, we're talking about Seventeen a lot because that's a group we both love and someone that, like, a group that you focus on a lot in your merch. But I think it's probably true of a lot of makers and a lot of different groups that you kind of get into this because you love the group and they really inspire you. And so I think a lot of people probably share that, I guess, dream of one day, like, showing them that and, like... Having them recognize the art that you've made because of them.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's and again, I, it's not something that like I it's the same thing, like I don't I didn't get into this for the money. I didn't get into this to get noticed by seventeen, but it would be really cool. And I know a lot of people probably think the same way, like with uh BTS or uh stray kids, the stray kids pin community is growing a lot right now. Mm. Um a T's. I'm not sure how to say their yes, name, A-T's, but the yeah. ATs, Yes. They're growing a lot um, now as well. So it, it all just comes back to the, the strength in the community and everything and it just makes me so happy. <laughs> and even right now with Seventeen, it's kind of a rough patch right now with the whole Mingyu situation mm. and um, we aren't getting posts from them. And their music was taken off of Spotify, which is where I listen to my music. So (laughs) I feel very disconnected from them right now. And that really sucks. But I have the pin community to turn to. So I'm really thankful for that.
0: Yeah. And I think for me too, like following all these, especially 17 makers, and still seeing all of this kind of 17 related content, all of this art, all of these like pins and and different merch products like still seeing that around so much is really cool when they're obviously dealing with these issues and legal issues that mean they can't be very public at the moment and having like yeah kind of fans to turn to when that doesn't happen so much or when you kind of can't see them around so much it's really lovely
1: yeah exactly and even if it's just like somebody posting a picture of Ming Hao on Twitter. I'm like, thank God I'm looking at this image right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is, I think, a really big thing. Like we were talking about seeing all the posts about S Coops. It's been a year since he came back after his hiatus. Like that's like really comforting at the moment. And and some groups are so like stray kids, um some of the members are doing tiny things, they can't really post on their like fan cafes or anything at the moment, obviously, because Hyunjin was kind of involved in that as well. Um, but they're doing little things like changing their profile pictures the tiniest bit, or, or changing their usernames the tiniest bit so people are still getting notifications. And they're like, that that, I guess, kind of solidarity and comfort is happening between the artists and the fans and between the fans, like it really speaks to how close this community is and how, like, it's it's not necessarily, like, it's not a, just about one thing, like, it's not just about the music or not just about these people being attractive or anything, like, it's about having this community and having these people around. And so when they're gone, you really miss them and you want to find ways to kind of cope with that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the mindsets about K-pop that I don't really like is when people, kind of brag about only being in it for the music or that they don't like when other people are in it for other things than the music. Like, of course, I'm not just in it for the music. I'm supporting the artists. I, I love Seventeen. Like, I've, I've loved other groups this way too, but with Seventeen, I, it, I just feel so connected to them. And, you know, like we said, it's 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 been hard when they're not able to post anything, but the having the community to turn to and everything, you know, I'm proud to say I'm not just in it for the music I'm supporting each member of Seventeen too yeah for yeah. sure
0: and yeah especially at the moment supporting all of these other people who are kind of going through the same things that we are and I think that's probably true for a lot of groups and a lot of fan communities at the moment
1: yeah with all of the bullying accusations and everything yeah it yeah. <laughs> really yeah. sucks yeah
0: yeah it's really heavy at the moment and something that frustratingly has to take a long time because of the legal implications and everything so it's yeah really difficult i think as fans to process all of that but really great that we do kind of have each other
1: yeah exactly and i think a- right now a lot of people think they have have to have an opinion on certain things or be posting about it but i think it's okay to not you know publicly say the way that you think about certain things I'm I'm publicly trying to remain neutral about it and just making sure that people are aware of like mistranslations going around and everything yeah for um, sure. yeah so that's not a fun part of it for sure
0: no and it's it's something I think probably most fans and especially having been around for a little while and being a fan of some older groups who have and finding out members have done some Pretty awful stuff. It's something that you, if you're in it for long enough, you kind of ine- inevitably go through this, like these moments of like these people really are just people, like they're humans, and that I think can be a bit of a shock to fandoms, a bit of like having to really sit back and be like, oh yeah, these are real people, and I don't actually have access to every part of their lives and so processing that at the same time as like having people saying really terrible stuff about these people that you love it's a lot it's a lot to process <laughs> it
1: is for sure and i think with the mingyu situation specifically i don't know a lot of people that have i i don't own like a ton of like mingyu pins um but i know if i was in like a different situation if a certain member did something like really horrible Um, I would feel kind of guilty for having made, um, a pin of them. Yeah. And even I have a, um, I have a tattoo on my hand here from a, I had somebody went to a fan sign for me, um, and Minghao wrote my name and then a heart next to it. I got the heart tattooed on my hand, (laughs) but you know, if he did something that I like really wasn't okay with, I, you know, i I knew that going into getting the tattoo of it, but um, that would really suck. And then I would kind of feel guilty about having this on me, but um, it goes for the pins too. And I hope Mm. um, that I don't get into a situation like that. But like you said, they're humans. They make mistakes. They um, do things that we may not be okay with. Um, So that's something that people need to keep in mind when doing things like this, I guess.
0: Yeah. And, yeah, I guess that, like, yeah, kind of being okay with taking some time off and not necessarily being super public about all your, your opinions and taking time to actually process it when it's kind of quite a heavy thing, I think, is very
1: important. Mm-hmm, for sure, yeah. Um. Exactly, and, like, right now if I – um. I, I don't think that I would, if I made a group pin, I don't think I would only draw out 12 of the 13, 17 Mm. members. Mm -hmm. Um, but if somebody felt the need to do that, it's not my place to tell them what to do, I guess. Um, which became kind of an issue like with the, um, Mm. whole stray kids situation. Mm. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, and just if people listening aren't aware, um, Wujin was a member of Stray Kids. He left. The official statement was that he left for personal reasons, um, but then some sexual harassment allegations came out and it caused a lot of conflict for... Um, there, was, there was a lot of other stuff that went around there, but it caused a lot of conflict for stays and, yeah, a, a lot of still ongoing, this kind of debate about... <laughs> how you kind of treat them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, yeah, a bit of a thing to keep in mind. A little bit of like, you will have different lines and different boundaries to other people. And it's like, it's up to each individual to decide what they're okay with. (sighs) We got very heavy. (laughs) (laughs) My very last question, I guess, that is... A bit more relevant to what we started talking about before we got into all of that. Are there things you obviously getting seventeen to recognize your art or to see it, um, and especially to see it and know that, like, they know that you made it? That's a pretty big dream, and I definitely feel that, like, I have some very big dreams about interviewing idols and stuff on here.
1: That would be so cool.
0: <laughs> I would love for it to happen, but yes, very, very far in the future if it does. <laughs> but yeah, are there other plans or dreams I guess you have with your shop and where it might go in the future?
1: Um, I would love to kind of make this my full-time job. I, I think it's kind of impossible to do that with just 17 as like my inspiration or source material. I don't think I could actually live off of that, (laughs) but I think it would be really fun to just, like, make, like, I really, I really love, um, animals, like, I have, I have six dogs, five cats. Mm. Incredible. (laughs) I would love to make, like, just little pins with, like, dogs on them or little hats, things like that, I think would be really fun. I think that's something that I could actually, like, live off of if I, Mm. um, got to a certain point with that, but. For now I'm just gonna stick to making seventeen merch because seventeen at the moment makes me very happy. Yeah, so <laughs> For sure. And it's
0: yeah, I yeah, I really love your shop. I really love your designs. And so I'm wherever you go with it, like whether you do branch out into other work or not, like I think you are an important contributor to especially as a consumer to the seventeen pin community. And yeah, I really, really love seeing your art. That's really cool. Thank you. Sorry, little nerd moment.
1: <laughs> I really appreciate that. And I've, I've traded with a lot of people that have told me that I am a big inspiration to them, which is just wild to me because my I don't have like an especially large following or anything like that. But I was one of the first people to kind of make only 17 pins. And I'm so happy that a lot of people have kind of like um followed in doing the same thing as well Mm. it's 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 sort of unreal to me sometimes that you know like um like I said rhetorical k-pop was kind of my initial inspiration for um doing all of this and that I'm inspiration for other pin makers is just crazy to me and I'm 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 so thankful for it like I can't even really comprehend it sometimes
0: (laughs) sure it's yeah I don't know it's one of my favorite things about yeah fan communities is seeing everyone kind of inspire each other and credit each other and like really kind of build up each other's businesses and it's always so supportive and there are issues obviously but when you like I think when you really get into fandoms ultimately everyone really wants the best for each other and that especially comes through with supporting each other's businesses and yeah, it it makes me so happy.
1: Yeah. I I really like I just lay here sometimes and think about this community and um how far it's gotten in everything and it's it's so incredible.
0: Yeah. And I mean even for me having like having you being willing to come on and like trusting that the the in the type of content that I want to make and that like that I think endorsing each other's work is like it's more than just like I like this thing that you make, it's the, like I really believe in it and that's such a wonderful thing to hear, I think, as anyone that makes anything that's like the best thing to come across.
1: Exactly. And I'm I'm like sincerely so excited to see where your podcast goes. And um I've I've been telling all of my like um close K pop friends, I'm like, Hey, you gotta follow them. Like I'm so excited. <laughs> Um, especially with the title being Mansae, so we can get a lot of um, carrots on board yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, I was like, it's. I was like, it's kind of old now. It's kind of Manse was one of Seventeen's earlier tracks, um, and so I was like, I don't know if people outside of kind of carrots will recognize it very much. But I love it, and I love that it's a callback to a group that was really responsible for getting me back into K-pop. And I I want to credit them for that. So I'm excited that I get to talk to other carrots and kind of yeah embrace that. Like we're all we've all been inspired in different ways by them. I think, and that's really cool.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Well, I think that probably brings us to the end of this. Unless there's anything else you kind of had thought about or wanted to mention.
1: Um. No. I think we pretty much covered any everything and a lot more
0: (laughs) we did we talked about a lot
1: yes we did
0: (laughs) amazing well thank you so much for coming on and obviously if you want to come back at some point and we can maybe get into some specific topics and and some other discussions I'd really
1: really love that yes that would be amazing I would love to (laughs) thank you so much for having me on here I think this is a really cool thing to Kind of bring the community together even more and for this specifically to so people know about how the pin community and fan merch all that stuff works i think it's a good like little anecdotal education tool sort of thing
0: <laughs> i'm glad that is what i wanted it to be um yes the other thing is obviously you make pins where can people find them where do you want to plug some of your things
1: of course so um my shop is called potion pins i sell my pins on etsy i pretty much have most social media platforms as well i'm mainly active on twitter um oh sorry what no that's not true (laughs) I'm, i'm mainly active on instagram um i post on twitter sometimes um I'm I'm really getting into TikTok right now, I think that's a really great tool for promoting my stuff and just mm. messing around. <laughs> um, so yeah, like, Etsy's the main place if, if you're looking to buy any 17 pins, um, that's the place to go. <laughs>
0: Absolutely, go check them out, they're gorgeous, and even if you're not a 17 fan, I think there are some that are really gorgeous, and if you like pins, you might enjoy them, regardless of whether you know kind of who they're about.
1: Yeah, for um, sure. Your socials
0: are just at Potion Pins.
1: Yes, Potion Pins. Um, no spaces, capitals, or anything like that. Just pretty straightforward. And you know, if you're, if anyone listening to this isn't into Seventeen, but you're into BTS or Stray Kids or anything like that, um, I could guarantee you that you can find enamel pins or fan merch for the mm-hmm. fandom that you're a part of, and it's a really cool thing to be able to support um, people's art and small businesses. So even if you're not a carrot, you should definitely mm, absolutely. check out what we've got over there on Etsy, all of us. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. And um, I will probably do a bit of a maybe a Make a Monday or something like that at one point because there's an amazing community on Instagram, especially who do there's some incredible, incredible artists and absolutely people you should support if if that's your thing.
1: Yes, for sure.
0: Yeah. And that's the episode. Thank you so much for joining me again. In the next episode, I'll be bringing you everything you need to know about the ongoing bullying issue, as well as a discussion about some things that can help us fans process it. You can find the show on Instagram and Twitter at munsey Podcast. Feel free to let me know what you thought of this episode, and of course, The biggest way to support the show is by sharing it, so post about it on social media and tag the podcast, or just tell people about it. Sources for this episode are in the show notes, and a transcript will be available in the card linked there as well. This podcast was produced on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Sovereignty over this land was never ceded, and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. I pay my respects to Wurundjeri elders, past and present. I have been your host, Zia J, and I'll see you next week for the next episode of Monse, a K-pop podcast.